was a boy who had a band of brothers. There was a boy who had a band of brothers. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. Far away! Far away! Far away! He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far. Cobbacy families, and welcome to another Cobbacy Evening Fireside podcast. Today is one of the best podcast days because it is the first podcast of second session. It is the beginning of the story for all the boys, almost 200 boys, who are here with us now. So excited about it. And just in case you're wondering, today, the 17th of July, 2019, Started off as a cloudy day, threatened rain all day long. It even sprinkled on us today at noon. And then settled into a really nice, totally still, absolutely still afternoon. Sort of threatened storm the whole time. We'll get to that in a little bit. Today is always, anytime there's arrival day, it is a day of much excitement. Everybody's waking up early, getting things done. We moved our cars to get ready for the parents this morning. And then there was a staff meeting in the Grove. Everybody got ready, spent the last few minutes in the morning working on just a final bits of fine-tuning, making sure that the areas were all perfect. Lloyd was driving around in circles at the tennis courts in his golf cart, making sure that the lines were exactly straight and the dust on the courts was just so. And the same was true of baseball, and the same was true of basketball, and the same was true of football. Wanted all the lines to be lined and all the towers to be tall and all the flags to be snapping in the breeze as the boys arrive today. Lunch was early, 11.30, staff and just a handful of kids from LA, just a few of them who arrived the night before and sort of in the middle of the night and uh, and then they're, they're over in the corner grinning their little heads off. There has been a handful of these boys who have done this early arrival forever, so Fulton and Jake and Eli and a few of the others are they just love it. They get all the attention from all these you know, these counselors. Some of them who've known them literally most of their childhoods, and now into their adolescences. And there's lots of shared jokes, and it's just great to have campers in camp again. But nothing compared to the massive wave of emotion, excitement, and anticipation that accompanies all of the kids being with us. At 1 p.m., parents started arriving by car. And they showed up. And, you know, I've always appreciated the early arrivals by car uh, because you get to spend a little bit of time with the parents. You get to watch the goodbye. It's not a thing I see these days because I'm up here at Cobbacy. I'm not down there at the buses. But I do actually. um, Some people say they don't like goodbyes. Some people say they don't like those transitions. But I really do. I feel like I just think that they're really poignant moments. I think it's a big deal that you send us your sons. And I know that it is a tough thing to do. And you see this little guy that you love so much, or maybe not so little guy, certainly a whole bus full of not so little guys got emptied into Kabasi today, very tall and big. But your loved one, you put on a bus and you send to Maine and that's a thing. And I know that. So it's nice to be part of that process here with the parents who drop off. And there are some really good ones today. There is there's boys who are a little bit nervous, a little bit tearful, and they 
were given the the wonderful parental treatment of a big old I'm proud of you, you're going to do this, and off you go. And then mom or dad or both smiled and got back in the car and off they went. And the little one or the the son was sitting there thinking, oh no, what now? And then wouldn't you know it, three or four wonderful counselors were waiting for them and it was already okay as the car pulled away. These transitions are important as a boy grows up. I also saw a couple other good ones, and I think that the mom who's probably listening, I'm not going to mention her, will get a smile on her face, standing next to a mother of two sons, and the youngest one uh, just said, okay, bye, mom. And mom gave me this look over his head, like, what do you mean, bye, mom? And uh, there was like, man, maybe three or four extra hugs, um, and the little one was ready to go. He had an older brother who was already at camp for a year. He'd heard all the stories. He wanted to get out there and make his own. And he felt very safe, and that is the province of a youngest or younger son. Everybody else has done the hard work, but it was pretty funny to watch that happen. And uh, she and I shared a couple chuckles after that. Bye, Mom. Bye, Mom. So that happened, and then as the parents trickled out and went on to their their uh, one or two son less weeks that are coming up, then we get warnings that the buses were approaching. First, the buses were far apart. Then they all seemed to spring free of traffic and we're all going to arrive at the same time. And around 12.30, the Portland van arrived. Then 2.30, the second Portland van arrived. And then 3.20, the Newton bus arrived with 32 kids. And right on its heels, the New York and Connecticut buses arrived with about 80 kids. And then 4 o'clock, the Logan van uh, and I just have to pause for a second. We're going to get into what I saw today, but there is a myth going around that second session kids are more excited. And I actually think that's not true. I think they're excited in different ways from first session kids, and here's why. The first session kids have been in school all year, and then they have maybe a few days, and then they come to us. In the case of New York state some of them were still in school when it was time to go to camp so they went from one big institution to another second session kids as you well know have been chomping at the bit for who knows five weeks six weeks four weeks and now they're here and so they just arrive with so much joy i'm sure you'll see the photos if you haven't already they're just beside themselves at the fact that their buddies are getting off that bus and if they got here with the earlier bus then they're beside themselves and their buddies are getting off the next bus and they're cheering for everybody they cheer for the bus driver getting off the bus they cheered for boogie the counselor got off the bus james our waterfront director stepped off the bus to cheers caroline our trip ops coordinator got off the bus to cheers they're just happy that people were getting off of buses and so it is totally contagious to be in that scene and also as you'll see from the photos, I get to point out where each of the boys are going. You can hear my, my voice is a little hoarse. It's hard to get this voice all the way down, but a little hoarse because of yelling, Onondaga and Macias and Kobunk and Swiftbunk, Meadow Mac, so that the boys know where to go and so they can be received with warmth and cheering and joy. And that all happened this afternoon. It is one of my favorite times of the year. Arrival day, the buses, the goodbyes. I just love it. I love it. It's such a milestone. It's like a living, breathing milestone. And then suddenly, the buses disgorge all of their precious cargo 
which immediately, of course, start running around and giggling and falling down and sprinting around and telling stories and jumping around excitedly, all wearing backpacks. They all, little ones look like turtles wearing blue and black backpacks. Uh, and the big ones, of course, look almost like grown men. Some of them got off the buses today, and they are gigantic. I am no small human being by any measure, volume or height. And some of those kids were definitely as big as me. <laughs> for real. It's pretty amazing. So, turn around for a second, and then the lifeblood of Camp Cravacy is everywhere. Literally coursing through Cravacy's veins, through Cravacy's pathways and hallways, doorways, and secret paths are our boys. And that just feels great. Then there was dinner. Well, actually, then it was flag ceremony. Everybody showed up early. You know it's the beginning of the session when people are showing up early for flag ceremony. Talked about what the expectations for the dining hall are going to be, and then it was, you could smell it, parents, families, moms and dads. You could smell Lewis's fried chicken from inside the dining hall. Everybody is literally vibrating in place because the best meal of the year is about to happen. I'm sure you've heard the legends. They're all true. In we go, sitting down family style, new bunks, new counselors and new combinations. And here we have second session in their first meal together. Mashed potatoes, fresh corn, fresh salad, homemade rolls, and of course, the fried chicken itself. Why is Lewis's fried chicken so special? Here's why. You pick it up and it's fried chicken. It looks like fried chicken. Smells amazingly like fried chicken and your fingers don't get oily. And so, I don't know what the magic is. Some sort of grandma's recipe, he literally won't let anybody see it, but Lewis's fried chicken is special. You'll have some on parents' visiting day a few short weeks from now. And then, it is bunk night, and everybody gets to go out and meet their bunk and spend the time to get to know the boys in their bunk. We have 75 new boys this session. It is really something, and all of those new boys were welcomed into the Cobbacy fold tonight. Bunk norms, bunk rules, how things are going to be, who their counselors are, their favorite things, their campers and their bunks' favorite things. Their new friendships have already started like little tiny saplings coming out of the ground. It is already happening all around us organically and also on purpose. Perhaps the best metaphor for opening day or for the organic set of friendships, if you'll pardon a little flight of fancy here, is I'm a gardener and I really like to start the seeds ahead of time and you get them all ready and you have them in the little, the little seed trays and you get it all perfect. You get the right combo of moisture and the right soil and a tiny bit of fertilizer and then all at once, all of them seem to sprout all at the same time. Some a little slower, some a little faster. Some take to it right away. That's what the friendship starting is like. The seed trays are the bunks and the bunk beds. And of course, the saplings are the boys themselves. And so that is your Blue Sheet Report. For today, arrival day, the 17th of July, 2019. 
Running Camp Cobbacy for Boys is a magnificent and beautiful thing, and each day I make it out of the office and into the breeze and sunlight of Cobbacy itself and spend time with your boys. Obviously today, I was constantly out with the boys because it's arrival day. And so each day I try to bring you families back home a story or two of what I saw today. I feel like these podcasts, for those of you who are listening to these podcasts for the first time, these podcasts were born a few years back because... I love our boys, but they would come back from this transformative experience in a place set apart, the best place in all of Maine, maybe the United States, and their parents and families and sisters and brothers and moms and dads would ask, how was it? And they'd say, great. And they'd say, what'd you do? And the boys would say, stuff, basketball, color war, travel games. So we decided that we wanted to share the story with you. And that's what the second half of each of these podcasts is. This is, uh, this is what I saw today. And so, families, this is what I saw today. I'm going to give you three scenes. The first was at the buses itself. And I'm not going to give you this little boy's name, but he is probably eight. And this is definitely his first time at Cobbacy. And he stepped off the bus with Cobbacy shirt, Cobbacy hat, spectacles, and a big set of eyes behind those spectacles because it was sunlight and roaring happy people outside in a place he'd never been before and he was a little taken aback and maybe just maybe I saw his Adam's apple bob and his lower lip quiver a little bit and maybe just maybe he froze for a second on the second to last step out of the bus the head counselor for warriors and braves is above him in this scene and he's already said his name in his bunk, so I can turn around and yell it to everybody. And I raise my hand up, and he looks at it, and me, and I say, hey, man, welcome home. And I say his name, and he smiles a little bit uncomfortably, and he sort of walks down the last little stair, and he steps down onto the ground at Cobbacy and looks at his shoes, and he looks up, and I say his name. I get behind him, put my hands on his backpack, and sort of steer him towards the bunk he's going to be headed towards so he can see it, because I know he's overwhelmed. There's lots to look at. It's really loud. And I say, blank name, blank bunk. And the whole place goes wild. And the boys are so excited to welcome a new boy that they rush over to him and I watch his foot step back. He's not sure yet that he wants to be part of all this madness. And he doesn't have a choice. They sweep him up off his feet in one case. And uh, the staff members gather around him and do their best to separate the boy, uh, this new boy, from the excited returners in his bunk and also just the other boys who are so excited and they're literally chanting in his face and it's a little bit of a, he's getting jostled and he's he doesn't like it so much right away and the counselors realize that and sort of separate him and, and they give him a hug and tell him they're, they're glad to see him and last time I see him before he disappears into the throng, he looks back at the bus and at me, his eyes still wide and, and he's gone. So that's scene one. And it must be said here that not everybody's an extrovert, and this can be a pretty intense moment. So you can imagine when I saw scene two, both myself, Katie, head counselors, and pretty much lots of leadership just circulate on the first night at dinner. And we're just going from table to table, making sure everybody's eating, everyone is settled in, everyone's getting noticed, and we just do that. All the age groups, I basically do two or three laps during first and the same during seconds. You don't really have to cruise around during dessert. Everybody's pretty happy at that point. Um, and wouldn't you know it, tucked tightly between two other new boys, the same boy from the bus. This time he's being jostled also, but it's mostly being jostled by 
the voracious devouring of chicken that's happening on both sides of him. And this kid has mashed potatoes and gravy pretty high up, like right by his glasses on his cheek. He has no idea it's there. And he is going to town on a piece of fried chicken that is as big as his head. Nah, maybe not that big, but it looked like it. He's, the bottom half of his face had disappeared behind it. Gone are the wide eyes completely. Gone is the don't touch me, this is crazy Ness. And instead, he's just another one of the boys at the table, totally comfortable, totally getting jostled still. It's still a throng, and he's still getting jostled, physically bumped from side to side, and he does not care. I go over and I bang on the table. I'm like, how you doing, boys? Tastes pretty good? And everybody looks up at me, and no one says anything because their mouths are full of whatever, roll or corn or chicken or mashed potatoes, gravy. And they just all nod. got a couple of greasy thumbs-ups. And that was it. I disappeared into the throng myself because that was all squared away. And the last image, and I know this is a lot, but it's the opening night. I got to give it to you. Is that I call the Sachem over. The Sachem are our oldest. For those of you who are new parents, Sachem are our oldest boys. They're ninth graders. Some of them occasionally are 10th graders. And these guys have known each other for a long time. They've been in the same bunk. Or actually, it's two bunks that combine for Sachem. These guys combined a year early. They are buddies. They're also a particularly kind, hilarious, and easygoing group. Lots of great leaders. Lots of really great moral compasses amongst this group. And I needed them to meet me over by this rock so we could talk about some traditions that are going to happen tomorrow with the new kids and so on. And they gathered around. And the first one was Will Rosencrantz. He just got up there. And he's got bright blue eyes. I'm happy to, to name him just because those of you who know him, you'll know what I'm talking about. And I have this picture from when I took over Cobbacy six years ago that was taken of Will right after he sunk a three-pointer. And he is shaved-headed in this picture. And he's probably, I don't know, one foot tall. He's much taller than that in the picture, but it feels like it now. And he was just a little boy, a little boy body, big blonde head and bright blue eyes. And he just sunk this three into this big, brilliant, brilliant smile in this picture. And it's old. It's six years old. And standing in front of me is the teenage version of this same boy. He's not a boy anymore. He's a young man, and he's smiling at me with that easy grace that athletic boys have. And I'm like, hey, man. And I basically just tell him this exact story. I say, I have this picture of you from way back. And he smiles and laughs. And all the boys start to come up. They're signing up for, they just listen to their pitches for majors, which is our repeated class they get to take. And they get to choose first because they're the oldest. And they all walk away from that, and they're laughing because they are just talking to Tom Donnie, who our baseball coach. And the easiness by which these boys are near each other, and Will and I are joking about this picture and how cute he was, and we're teasing each other about who's cutest now of all the group who got uncute. And they're laughing so hard. They're, they're laughing at each other, parents, but it's really important that I point this out. They're laughing at each other while also laughing with each other because they're all part of the same group. They've loved each other for a, while, a long, long time now, and there isn't an edge in this group. They laugh like brothers laugh with each other. And I'm looking at Will, and I'm looking at Berger, and Jake Kelly, and all the guys. I'm not going to name them all. but And they're just so happy to be there. They literally just look around and start laughing. And they, you know, we're talking about the traditions, and they're so excited they get to do them. And I thought about that first boy getting off the bus, and then him later at dinner, and how he was more comfortable. And then fast forward six years, and you got these guys. Lanky, athletic. They know who they are. They're so happy to be here. 
They're going to be such good leaders. And that little kid, that eight-year-old, he's headed there. He's headed there. What a wonderful first day. And that is our little informal podcast for yet another glorious day. Camp Cobbacy for boys. Your boys will go to sleep tonight with good counselors watching over them. Nodding off, surrounded by their friends. Loons sounding on the lake. All is well in this place set apart. Yeah.